Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Are You a Fan? If you like the episode, give us a like, share, follow, and uh, stick around to watch this one. Or listen, I suppose. Okay, question of the week, as always. Joker, if you could be a god, what would you be the god of? Honestly, probably something, you know, stereotypical like war, thunder, you know. Big one of my patrons is Thor. That, that would probably be where it'd go. Fair. That or with the shenanigans, be a trickster god. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I could see that. I was going to say, me, uh, probably god of protection, travel, or partying. You know, considering Coyote kind of fits all those criteria. Uh, so then you, there's a bright side. If you're a Norse god, you can be all three. Right? I mean, uh, heck, there's like ten Norse gods of war. <laughs> Okay, folks, well, that brings us into this week's episode, uh, Atlas. And we're trying a new thing where we talk about the characters beforehand, but I'm going to be honest with you, neither of us knew who this guy was. I didn't even know that he existed. Yeah. And uh, so, honestly, um, like, we were going to do an episode on the daughters of Atlas that show up in Shazam, but um, they don't technically exist in the comics, and... uh, he well, al- he almost doesn't either. Yep. So let's get into this uh, week's very short episode. Okay, so Atlas, starting out with Real World. The first Golden Age version of the character named Atlas in DC Comics appears in Action Comics issue number 121, June 1948. So a pretty old character with very little screen time or page time. Uh, the second appearance is of an atlas was in action comics issue number 320 january 1965 the third was in action comics issue number 353 in august 1967 so yeah like a decently old character it really is he's up there with a lot of the the classics just didn't really go anywhere. I mean, I feel like he kind of went the way of like when we did the episode on Polka Dot Man, just that we're throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. And he well, didn't stick. <laughs> no. Pokemon Polka Dot Man stuck better than he did. Yeah. Which says a lot. Oh, man. If that, anybody remembers that episode. Yeah, that is. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack Kirby's Atlas was first, uh, his first and only appearance prior to Superman issue number 677 was in first issue special issue number one. Uh, James Robinson would bring Atlas back in Superman issue uh, 678. So it's still kind of floating around. Yeah. Really. Also, I do just love how, how much... I love Jack Kirby, first off. The guy seems to have a hand in almost everything. Oh, yeah. And not surprising that this is just an obscure god either and finding out that Jack Kirby had something to do with an obscure god character. Yeah, it seems to be his forte. (laughs) Right? Okay, so Atlas is a superhero and anti-hero appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. It debuts in first issue special number one, April 1975, and was created by Jack Kirby. So we're already, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I could, I had a tough time trying to piece together. Like there's multiple iterations of this character. It's, and it just shows that they liked him, but then they kept trying to throw him out there, but he just 
kept falling. Yeah, and failing. they it just fit. This feels like one of those characters that they redconned multiple times because they wanted him to work and just never could make him stick. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what what seems to have happened here, right? So according to Robinson, Atlas is going to save humanity. Quote, the way I look at him is like in the Marvel Universe, Namor is a hero, but he really skates that fine line between being a hero and villain. But he stays on the side of the hero. Atlas skates the line between hero and villain, but ultimately always falls on the villain's side. End quote. Uh, He continued to say that Atlas will become a major player in the Superman mythos moving forward, and there will be some real twists into the character. That was apparently the plan. (laughs) I mean... I feel like uh, I feel like we've had a few. Kids. I feel like when we did the Eternals, this is a very similar thing, where they're like, we have a plan for this whole twist and backstory. And hey, I think theirs even end up with a better ending, right? And typing, and it's gone. <laughs> yep. Okay, so one of the early characters named Atlas reappears in Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman, where a version of Atlas appears in issue number three. This Atlas is more closely based on the mythological figure of Atlas and competes with Superman and Samson to win Lois Lane, similar to the story in Action Comics issue number 320 from January 1965. So kind of rehashing a story... Like, man, they were really trying to bring this guy back. They really were. I do like, though, the Grand Wars, we kind of brought him as a version of the mythological version. That, uh, I, I do enjoy that. I like when they take real, because we have basically real world pantheons. I like when they take those and kind of incorporate them. Oh, yeah, I mean, come on. You have an entire family and comic series based on the, Nor- the Norse gods. True. Clearly, it works. <laughs> I mean, heck, you have Heracles in the comics. Like, there are so many historical figures that have made it and succeeded. Makes you almost wonder if they based him on the historical figure first, if he would have stuck around a little better. That would have been awesome, actually. Oh, that's a little disappointing. So, um, yep, that's all I could find, really, on <laughs> Real World. So, like we said, this is a short character. Also, now I'm starting to feel like, wow, this was a real odd pick for uh, Shazam to deal with, like, the daughters of this guy. Really was. Especially when they're just like, but at the same time, I guess smart move. They're like, ah, we can just make up characters so that way the fans don't get mad. Honestly, that's probably the best way to go, especially with the way DC movies have gone lately. Yeah. In-universe. Go. (laughs) The Jack Kirby's Atlas family and people were slain by the Raiders of... Hisa? Hisa? Not really sure. We're going to go with Hisa. Uh, Hisa the Lizard King. Atlas was raised by a wise and mysterious traveler named uh, Sharga? We're going to go with Sharga? Shagra? Shagra? Yeah, we're going to go with that. Uh, So because of an alien crystal carried by Atlas... Uh, Shagra theorized that Atlas is one of the people of the Crystal Mountain. Seems very kind of just random. Yeah. <laughs> it it really seems like they were just really trying to toss together this character's backstory. Clearly. At, at this point. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, uh, his family is wiped out by lizard people. and um... Honestly, I think that's got to be one of the weirdest parts 
right next to the Crystal Mountain thing. Right. And he's from I just imagine the guy pitching this to them and just looking behind at different comic book covers and like straight up catch me if you can this character. That's got to be what happened. <laughs> I can't imagine anything else. Right. Okay, so uh uh Ch- Chagra, Chagra, Ch- Chagra uh, agrees to help Atlas achieve his revenge, but only if Atlas leads him to the Crystal Mountain. Atlas grew up to become a protector of the innocent, but once King Hissa was defeated, his petulance and darker nature came to the forefront. Which, you know, I get it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you gotta have the the dark nature come out somewhere. Yeah, just... It feels like that should have been sooner with the whole massacre of his people. You would think, but I don't know, maybe it has something to do with the king. Yeah, maybe maybe it's that whole like um they killed like once they made the kill and that that's what there was no going back type thing. Kind of like Batman's whole oh, thing. Like Batman all over again. Yeah, this was just like the version of Batman that like actually took out the Joker. <laughs> yeah. So Atlas was returned in Superman issue 677 as part of the coming of Atlas storyline. His origins is retold in issue 678, where he is seen saving citizens of Metropolis uh, he himself had endangered. I mean, at least he's trying to save people he put in danger. Right. But if you didn't put, your, put him in danger, you wouldn't have to save him. Ah, man. I feel like we've done a character like that. Pretty sure we have. I feel like this this character is a mashup of every character we've done so far. In some form of way, I think so. Yeah, just a poor mashup. Um, wow. Oh, man. They, you, this is sad. Uh, he is currently working with a secret government project that intended to kill Superman. Atlas wants to defeat Superman and replace him as Metropolis's champion on his way to conquer the modern world. So, Wow. I feel like at least that part of his story seems to be the most well-written, thought out. Yeah, kind of, but still, compared like... Compared to the rest of it? Okay, yeah, compared... It's a lot better written, thought out. Honestly, but, like, now I'm like, man, I almost feel like we should have done an episode of Lex Luthor in the past to fit this one. Yeah. Because that, that's some Lex Luthor mentality right oh, there. Oh, definitely not disagreeing on that. Yeah. Compared to the rest of the story so far. Oh, completely <laughs> the most thought out at, at this point. So he was, uh, he fights the science police and Superman. Uh, he holds the upper hand on Superman for most of their battle, but is interfered with by his dog, Crypto, who seems to be powered by magic. It gets real wonky here, folks. It really does. Uh, and not a lot. Like, I would have had to go into multiple other sources. I would have had to go into a whole crypto thing to find out where this magic thing is coming. But we're dealing with a god, so, you know. So, Atlas eventually defeats Crypto and prepares to kill him, only for Superman to re-enter the fight and defeat him with some magic enhancements from uh, Zachary Zatara. Superman with the chair. That's what it feels like entirely. There's some WWE storyline going on here. I was gonna say that reads like a WWE like like main event. <laughs> oh man, they were just doing whatever with this guy. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> so Atlas's return and fight with Superman was described as part of a ruse intended to test Project Seventy Seven Thirty Four which was a governmental project that utilizes uh, 
magic in an effort to kill Superman, who is vulnerable to magic. Atlas continues to work for this project. Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, wait, Superman using something he's vulnerable against is kind of weird. Yeah. Which kinda I cool, but kind of weird. Which I did find out at some point. I guess it's explained in the comics that Superman's not necessarily weak to magic. He's just not resistant like he is everything else. Makes him vulnerable. Which, yeah, because that was the argument everybody brought up. They're like, well, he's not weak. It just, he's not resistant. I'm like, well, then that's a weakness. Yeah, that's kind of what that means. Right? Especially when you're Superman. Exactly. So Atlas and uh, Atlas is later kidnapped and brainwashed into fighting the Justice League by an unknown party. After being defeated by the team, Atlas explains to Batman that he has no idea who captured him in the first place. Probably, I mean, it goes into the brainwashing. Yeah. He's gonna kind brainwash that away. I was going to say, kind of the, like, that'd be bad brainwashing if you, <laughs> right, otherwise. Right, if you left that there. Right. Like, uh, probably shouldn't have. And um, as far as I could tell with the research, that's kind of it. Yeah, there was very little to this man. Yeah, and uh, at this point, I don't think there's a continuation of this story. So, like, with him in it to explain this. Yeah, no, it seemed like his last comic was in the 70s. So, yeah, folks. uh, There's the father of the villains of the Shazam 2 movie. Gotta love it. (laughs) Yep. Now going into powers and abilities. So, uh, powers and abilities. He's magic. He possesses immortality, superhuman durability, superhuman stamina, superhuman strength. Atlas's strength is so great that he can fight toe-to-toe against the man still. Which, at this point, I feel like isn't really that big of a feat in the comics. Not anymore. Not anymore. It might have been more when he was first created back in the 60s and the 40s. Actually, that's a valid point. Yeah. So at the time, it might have been more of a feat, but yeah, nowadays that's just you know. Yeah, there's multiple characters. Right. So he's also he's also advanced in hand to hand combat. You know, being alive for that long and going through that many fights, I imagine you would have to at least have some kind of hand to hand fighting skills. One would hope. He also wears a pendant, which is the source of his power, the Golden Helmet of Champions, which symbolizes his victory in the gladiatorial arena, and that's kind of it. It's just a real basic version of Superman, really. Yeah, ultimately, like, I I get why they wanted to try to push this character, but I also get why it kept failing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like if they had really thought it out more on his powers, his abilities, his story, it might have stuck. Yeah. But clearly they they failed that miserably. They did. (laughs) Okay, take us away into the media. What if there is any? Surprisingly, there is two. Kind of. So in film, he appears in the all-star Superman voiced by Steve Bloom. Or Blum. Not sure how to pronounce your name. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> um, in TV, there was a character based on Atlas uh, that appeared in an episode of Teen Titans voiced by Keith David. Oh. Which, when that man voices anybody, you never trust him. Ever. Yeah. No. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. That was more than I thought there would be. <laughs> Same. I was expecting nothing. Yeah. I was expecting maybe a mention of uh, the daughters of Atlas <laughs> because of the Shazam movie, but... That would have been surprising, too. Because from what I can tell in the previews, he himself does not show up. You know, from what I understand of the synopsis, it's just them. Yep. 
Which, uh, so I guess I'll ask the question I ask all the time. Uh, you a fan joker of the concept? If they would stick with the, like what they started at the end where it's the version of the mythological character may a little bit. I'm, I guess, yeah, I'm a fan of the 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 idea of him, the concept, but definitely not the follow through. And I'm completely on board with that. I like the concept sound like it's it sounded like if they could have stuck with something and gone through with it, it would have been awesome. But ultimately, it kept failing, and he just doesn't seem like there's anything really happening. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not really a fan of the character. So yeah. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.